Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. That you will get all the glory, you will get all the honor, and you will get all the praise. I come against anything in this room that will bring opposition against the word of God on today in Jesus name. I thank you that the blood has already covered it. I thank you that the blood has already atoned for it in Jesus name. So God, I plead the blood. I'm not pleading the blood to get anything. I'm pleading it because I know what the blood has already done. And I thank you on today, God, for your healing. I thank you for your deliverance on today. I thank you for your peace on today in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you for my helper and my teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. And Father, I thank you for the peace and prosperity of Jerusalem today. Peace within their walls, prosperity within their palace. Send your labors out today, for truly the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. God, I bind the hands of the enemy where he will blind the minds of the unbelievers today, keeping them from believing this glorious gospel in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you on today that it's not by might nor by power, but it is by your spirit on today. I thank you for moving by your spirit. I thank you for shedding a light, God, in the midst of darkness on today, God. I thank you, Father God. That we will not be conformed to this world, but we will be transformed by the renewing of our minds today. And I thank you that I have been, we have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but Christ who lives in us. In Jesus' name. And I come against witchcraft on today in Jesus' name. And I just thank you and I just praise you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. If you would, turn your Bibles back to... Ephesians, the sixth chapter, and we're going to move forward on what God has for us today. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, and I'm going to start at verse 16, and I'm going to end at verse 15. Ephesians 6, starting at verse 13 and ending at verse 15. I heard somebody say, hmm. Speak up. The word of God now reads. Therefore. Somebody say therefore. Therefore. Take up the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand. To withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And and having shod your feet with the preparations of the gospel of peace. We're going to talk about this morning the gospel of peace. Amen. Amen. But I'm going to back up because I want to go back to where we were to end up with this gospel of peace. We, We know that we put on the belt of truth. 
we have to gird up with truth. And we know that the word is truth. And, we, and he says, sanctify them in truth. That means separate them in truth. So once you get into um, the word of God, there is a separation between you and the world. You are separated from them because of truth. The Bible said you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So the word of God is truth. Jesus is the word. So once we accept Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior, because the Bible said that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way to God. So once we accept him, we're putting on that belt of truth because Jesus is truth. We're preparing ourselves for battle. And to prepare yourself for battle, you have to be prepared by the word of God. So it's not just getting in it and getting out of it. We want to get in the word so the word can get into us. It's not just taking five minutes a day. You may start out with five minutes, but the more you get into the word of life and the more life that word of God brings to you because you got rooted in the word, you're going to want more of the word because you're feeling the life from the word of God. The word of God is life. The Bible said that the spirit quickens. But what? The flesh profit you nothing. He said the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So what we have to understand is you get life from the word of God. That's where life come from. And this life that we have is a Zoe life that comes only from God. This kind of life that God give us is his way of being, his way of doing, his way of living. This Zoe life is what God want us to have here on this earth. So no matter what pop up, no matter what come, we have life on the inside of us. We have eternal life. So we have to be prepared. When Paul was looking at these Roman soldiers when he was locked up, Paul was using their armor um, to show us through the word of God how we have to put on our armor. So when he looked at this belt of truth, he was saying how they had on like these dresses, I call them dresses, and they had to pull them up before they went into battle. They had to gird themselves so it wouldn't get in the way when they're fighting in this battle. This is why Elijah, we talked about how when he was sending his servant to the son that died in 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, I believe he told him to gird up his loins. So he was telling him, I don't want you to trip. I don't want you to fall. I don't want nothing to get into your way. I want you to get to her son. Then he was telling another person to gird up because he was getting ready to anoint someone to uh, take someone else's place. I think it was Jehu. He was telling him to gird up. So when you put on this belt of truth, you getting ready for this battle. So you won't trip. You won't fall. It won't be no deception. You're going to, I'm going to say it again. Do you know why the church is so deceived? Because you don't know truth. We get so deceived because we don't know truth. And I'm going to share this with you. And the Lord have me watching things, y'all. And the things that he have me watching, it sheds more light on what the church need to be doing above what the world is doing. As I was looking at this trial, it was this trial about this young lady. This young lady was 19 years old. And this is a true story. And there was an accident on the highway. So this truck, this 18-wheeler, he came through the light. His light was green. But then it was this another, uh, another truck, which was a Dodge truck. He ran the red light, and he ran into that 18-wheeler. 
So she witnessed this. She pulled off to the side. She was a witness to what happened. So she knew that that Dodge truck hit that 18-wheeler. So when she went over there to the man that was in the 18-wheeler, he was okay. The guy in the truck, he was just sitting there in the truck, but things was leaking from his truck. So then another man pulled up, which was a correctional officer. He showed his badge. And as they began to talk, um, she went back to her vehicle. She called 911. So as she was talking to 911, she heard the other correctional officer talking to the guy in the 18-wheeler. Now, I'm saying something to go where I'm going. So she could hear them talk, but she didn't know what they were saying. So what she took out of what the state um, correctional officer was saying, the correctional officer, she said, told the one on 911, the man that was driving the Dodge is drunk. And he's getting ready to get away. So what she did, they needed to get a license plate. So the correction officer was doing her like this to come up there. And she pulled up there and he was saying, go. So she said she was thinking that he was telling her to chase him to get the license plate. So she chased the man down to get his license plate. And when the man had pulled over to get, uh, to pulled over when he was getting ready to turn, she some kind of way said that, she got out. The man grabbed her. He tore her clothes. She carried a gun, y'all. She had a concealed weapon. So she took the gun out. He was wrestling with her over the gun. And the man got shot and died. So this was her story to the cops, okay? So a trial is going on. This, this happened in 2019. They just um, finished this trial in 2022 well, close to 23. They finished the trial. So this is what God was showing me in all of this. You got to be prepared. These attorneys have to be prepared because they can only go on what she's saying. They can only go on what the correction officer is saying. They can only go on what, you know, other witnesses that were around that things were being said. So these attorneys had to prepare themselves for this case. You had the prosecutor, the state, that was coming against. Then you had her attorney that was defending her. So her attorney had to take what she was saying to put it together to get the jury to believe that she didn't do this intentionally so she wouldn't get time, right? So each one had to present their case. So her attorney got up there and he began to ask her questions in detail by detail by detail. And she began to tell him things. Okay. So after he finished, then the state came up there. The prosecutors, they came back to ask her more questions. When they came back to ask her more questions, guess what? Some of her answers didn't line up with what they read. Everything she said, that woman had a file that thick on what she had said to the cops when they took her in the room asking her all these questions. So she said, I need for you to read to me this answer. The answer that she said that day in court didn't line up with what was on that paper. So her defense was, this was four years ago. So some things is not going to be like they were before. Okay. So I'm going there to go here. 
So those prosecutors had to have everything together to show just cause of lies being turned into truth that looked like truth. End of story was they had a witness that when she was chasing the guy, now the 911 caller told her four times, do not chase him four times. She said, I understand. Come to find out there was another witness. She said that the man truck died. So she got out and the man attacked, whatever. The witness saw her get out of her car. She pulled in front of him and told him, pulled her gun and say, get the, you know what, out your car. Witness saw this. So everything she said was not truth because they had a witness. Where am I going? Your witness is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is only going to go on truth that you have put in you. He can only reveal to you or testify according to truth, according to this belt that you have on. And if you don't have on this belt of truth because you're not in the truth to sanctify you, to set you apart, guess what? You're going to get caught up with the lies of the enemy. But this prosecutor had went through her stuff so much that everything that she said, the prosecutor was just sitting there listening. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. My son, pay attention to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life unto all those that find them and they are health to all flesh so that means that prosecutor everything that come out of her mouth because she studied that case so much by the time she got through speaking and it was her time to get up every answer she gave she came back and crossed examined her and say turn to this page because she done her homework Because she stayed with the sheets and she found witnesses. Come to find out. Remember I said she heard the correctional officer talking to the truck driver about the guy. And she assumed that the man was drunk. Come to find out this was a 62 year old man that was a diabetic. That was rushing to the hospital. That was disoriented out of his mind and the correctional officer knew this because he worked in the part of the prison that dealt with this everything you hear or think you hear that don't mean it's truth some of us in this room have went on what you thought somebody said or what you thought you heard or going on how you felt about what you thought you heard. And it was a lie from the enemy to get you to oppose truth. So God was showing me this. The problem with the church, because we're the church, we want to go to battle on what people are doing or what people are saying or try to go out there and be whom we think we are. And we end up losing that battle that was already won because this belt of truth, 
we're not in it. If you're not in the word long enough, you can't come up against somebody that's studying to show their self-approved. That's a workman that's rightly dividing the truth. If you're not rightly dividing the truth and you're not in the truth to counter the lie, then the enemy is going to walk the dog all over you. This woman, through the witnesses and the stuff they had together, this woman got life in prison. Eight years on top of that and five more on top of that. Nineteen when it started. Four years later, and guess what the, the problem was? Guess what the whole root of it was? And as I was watching it, the Lord was showing me. The Lord said, she want to be a cop. They said, ever since she was 18 or growing up, she wanted to be a cop. And they told her at that trial, the prosecutor said, she said, are you a cop? No. She asked her all of these questions. Well, why are you doing something that you don't supposed to do? Because she had it in her mind. Because she meditated on what she wanted to be or what she wanted to become. And she reacted to that as a man thinketh in his heart. So is he. So does he become. And y'all, as I sat there and watched that thing, and I said, Lord, why am I sitting here for almost two hours? Watching this, how is this benefiting me? And the Lord began to show me if we would take that much time in the word of God on a daily basis, when the enemy come in with his tricks and with his schemes, with his deceit, then we won't go for it. He said, because you've been in the word long enough to say that ain't God. Better truth. Better truth. This is why we have such division in the church. Because if you have some in the church that's wearing their belt, they know the truth. And you're trying to stand with them, but you can't stand. And you're being intimidated by the enemy because they are standing. You begin to hate that person because they have what they need, the belt, but yours ain't on. You're tripping and you're falling all over the place. You're getting caught up in lies. You can't even answer accordingly because you don't know truth some people say don't take all that yes it does when you go to school you got to study you're not going to get that diploma unless you study all those years then you go to college and it gets more in depth it's more studying that you have to do when our daughter was in college it was all day long. What are you doing? I'm studying, Mama. I said, well, baby, you got to go eat. Mama, you don't understand. You, you don't understand. I said, I understand this. You need to eat. All day long, that's all she did in nursing school was study, study, and study. But now that she's in nursing school, the things that she studied, she know what goes on. She know how to react. She know what lines need to be hooked up, what need to be taken away. She have to watch those babies and things that are not. I said, baby, pray. You prayer works. 
You speak the word over those babies. You take the time with those babies. You say you're going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Speak the word over those babies. Speak that you can do all things through Christ which strengthen you. Speak that God is in the midst of you. So when you know the word, because guess what? They can give you a medication to keep you alive. And they can pull that medication and you die. See, some people don't know that. I didn't know that until my stepmother, my sister, been a nurse for about 30 some years, over 30 some years. When we went to see my stepmother, God is doing something in this room today to let you know truth. <laughs> see, I'm thinking, oh, she's doing good. So my sister wouldn't say nothing to me, but I knew something was off. So when we went outside, my sister said, she's not there. I said, yes, she is. She said, she's not there. I said, yes, she is. She is there. She said, uh-uh. She said, the medicine that they're giving her is keeping her there, but she's not there. If they pull it, she's gone. Immediately when she said that, they coded her. We heard a code. So we went back and it was her. And the doctor said, we can't do this no more. We done done it three times. You need to make a decision. So we had to call daddy for him to make that decision. But guess what? Daddy already knew. And how I knew daddy knew, because he wouldn't leave her side until that day he went home. Then after it was all over, my two sisters, which are nurses, I'm out in the front. They're back there with her. I said, why are y'all back there? They said we was waiting on her to take a last breath. So what am I saying? In medicine, they know what they learn according to every organ that's in your body. Come on, you got to go to a doctor for everything. Come on. Every part of your body got a doctor. And that doctor got to report back to your medical doctor. Is that not right? They got to give them all the reports. They got to look at it. But how many know that a doctor can skim through something so long and be so tired they can miss something that could kill you? That's why you need Jesus. That's why you got to have this belt of truth on so you will know deceit. You will know what's happening. You will know what's going on because if you don't, people can leave here before their time because you trusted in man more than you trusted in God. So you got to have this belt on y'all. You got to get it. Come on, quit playing these games. Quit entertaining everything else except the word. Some of us is snap, crackle, pop. What do I mean by snap, crackle, pop? Chicka, chicka. You want people to see you. Come on, let's just be honest. You want people to see you to say how beautiful you are. But when you go into this word, this word tells you your new identity. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. It is no longer you who live, but it's Christ who lives in you. You've been crucified. You ain't looking at you no more. When I spent those two hours watching that trial. Y'all, I was so happy. I was so full of life. You know why? Because it was corresponding with the word of God. And God said, the more you stay in my word, the more the word get into you, nobody will be able to fool you. Deceit won't be able to come in and entrap you because you're going to know what truth is. 
Y'all, I am hated because of this very word. People around me hate me because of the truth. I don't have to open my mouth and people got something to say in their mind because I'm holding truth. When you hold truth, you can walk in a room and the devil begin to flare up because of the truth you hold. The more you get in here, the more it's going to be a separation in family. Mom and daddy ain't going to like you no more. Sister and brother ain't going to like you no more. Friends ain't going to want to hang with you no more. Quit trying to push yourself on people that don't want nothing to do with you because of who you are. You cannot make them like you. The Bible says, if they hated me, they're going to hate you because of me, because it is built. The more truth you get in you, and when you connect with a church that's about truth, come on, somebody. People going to tell people to stay away from them. They lie. They saying things that ain't true. You don't need to be going there. Y'all in a cult. They tell you these things because they don't want you to get the truth. But I'm telling you today, you got to make up your mind. You got to make up your mind today whom you're going to serve and where you're going to be because you need to be in a, the house of the Lord where you're getting truth so you'll be able to stand and doing all, you will be able to stand. But without this belt, it holds up the rest of the armor. You can't even put on the rest and it's secure without this belt being girded up, pulled tight and saying, God, this is what your word says. That's truth. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Then you get the breastplate of righteousness. That's showing that you in right standing with God. So before you can go in that battle, you got to know that you in right standing with God. When Paul looked at those soldiers with that breastplate on, Paul He said, okay, we as Christians have to be in right standing with God. We got to know who we are. We got to know who we belong to. So when we look at that that breastplate of righteousness, you don't let people tear you down. You stand up and you shine as a light. This is why when we go into the word of God, remember the prodigal son who left home. He took all his stuff. He left home. His father gave it to him. But when he came to his right mind and realized, I don't have to live like this. I'm going back to my father and I'm letting him know you can hire me as a servant. His father saw him afar off. He was saying, come on in, son. He didn't look at him as a servant. He still looked at him as a son. He said, you don't have to do nothing to get in this position. The only thing you have to do is accept truth and you in position, you in right standing. He gave him a robe. He gave him a ring, which represented authority. He puts shoes on his feet, which represent you no longer a servant, you a son. So when you know who you are going into this battle, it don't matter what people say. Because see, the brother was mad. The brother was mad because I stayed with you all these years. He's coming back. You giving him a party. You inviting friends. I'm the one that's been faithful to you. His problem was he was trying to do it. And the father says, son, everything I have is yours. 
He didn't realize what he had. He was working for what he had. That's self-righteousness. You cannot go into battle being self-righteous, feeling like I can do this myself. I don't need nobody help. It's actually pride along with self-righteousness. I don't need nobody to help me. I got this. So you can't go into battle looking to you. You got to go into battle looking to the author and finisher of your faith, which is Jesus. Then there was another man, y'all know, dealing with the Pharisee and the tax collector. What was the Pharisee saying? Look at everything that I do. I pray. I fast twice a week. I pay my tithes. I don't even commit adultery. He was saying this within himself. So he was saying, I'm right before you. That's self-righteousness. But then there was a tax collector. He recognized, I'm just a sinner. Lord, I need your help. He recognized, I need what you got, and I can't get it on my own. I got to come to you just as I am. See, that's what we need to recognize, church. Father, I can't do this by myself. I need your help. I've been taking on all of this myself. But God, that's self-righteousness. So you got the belt of truth. Now you're putting on the breastplate of righteousness, realizing I am in right standing with God. It's not because of what I've done or what I would ever do. It's because of what he has done for me. And if we don't recognize those things, if we don't recognize what God done for us, for it's by grace that we're saved through faith, and it's not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. So we got to recognize When people put you down and say that you're not worthy. See, in battle, the enemy want to bring these things. You're not worthy. You're not worthy to be in the position you are. They just chose you because it wasn't nobody else to choose. But when you stand up for who you are in him, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin for me so I could become the righteousness of God through him. So even when you mess up, God don't see you. He see his son. So God can still use you. But the problem is if you don't get rid of the garbage that's around you, you cannot be used to the fullness because the enemy is going to tell you, you no good. No man wants you. No woman wants you. You ugly. Nobody want to be around you. They just threw you away. They just using you. And when you become, when you believe those lies, come on that breastplate of righteousness it can't stay in place and that protects your vital organs so this is why your heart you have to guard your heart with all diligence for out of it is what the issues of life so you have to be well guarded y'all this armor is so important you don't just put it on and take it off you keep it on and how you keep it on is through truth It's through what the word of God has to say about you, has to say who you are now that you're in him with the new identity that you have. When this girl was on that witness stand, when you have discerning of spirits, y'all, the Lord will show you she lying. And she was looking just like she answered every question verbatim. Everything the prosecutor asked her, she came back. And she corrected the prosecutor. No, that ain't what I said. Read it again. That ain't what she said. She was so sure of herself that she was right for her actions. 
And she was so sure that she was not going to get locked up for shooting that man. And after she shot him, when the officer came, she just handed the officer the gun and started lying. We see this every day. We see it in marriages. Husbands lying to wives. Wives lying to husbands. Children lying to parents. You see it every day. But if you don't know Jesus, you accepting that lie. Hello, Jeremy. He woke now. Because I remember, I was always the no mama. He was always the yes man. But that changed. I would all, they knew. Can't go to mama. Mama always said, what, Jeremy? What mama always said, Jeremy? You never let me go nowhere. You never let me stay with nobody. That's why I'm like I am. No, you like you are because of that sin nature that's compelling you to sin. After I tell you what not to do. Hello, somebody. So he had to blame who, Jeremy? Mama. Mama was the villain in the house. Daddy. He was the whoop tail in the house. After Jeremy tried to get over on him. I, I remember this incident. I got to tell on my son because we talking about discerning the spirits and not saying my husband wasn't like that because sometimes he had to tell me about being drunk because I didn't know nothing about being drunk. This boy over here, this giant, I'll never forget this day. He asked my husband, Daddy, can I go to uh, Greenville? Can I go, can I use your vehicle? I want to go see this girl. You know, we dating. Can I, can I use your vehicle? You know men, how men do with their sons. They, the son got a gal and it wasn't Kwishi because she ain't know nothing about Kwishi then. So Kwishi don't flare up over there. Here, I'm going to deliver you. <laughs> so my husband telling me, well, Amanda, you know, he, he want to go over there. I said, no, don't let him go. He don't need to go over there. Well, Amanda, you know, he, he'll be all right. He told me this, that, and other. You remember that, honey? I say, mm-hmm. No, I'm still saying no. But guess what? My son went. So later on that afternoon, Mitch, you remember this one, don't you? I had somebody call me and say, Ma, two cousins, two peas in the pot. Ma, can't get Jeremy off the floor, Ma. He just laying there. He, he ain't getting off the floor, Ma. He drunk. He ain't getting off the floor, Ma. I said, okay, Kim. I said, tell him his daddy on the way. Jeremy popped up like lightning. <laughs> his daddy had to call Mitch to drive him over there to bring him back. No means no. That boy right there, y'all, he kept me on my knees. Mm-hmm. You have one that'll keep you on your knees, that'll wear out them knees, keep you waddling on the floor. I told him, I said, boy, you bigger than I am, but I'll ride your back and beat you down. <laughs> and I would see myself, y'all, swing. <laughs> He'd be turning, I'd be swinging, but I'd be tearing up the head. <laughs> Another incident with my husband. My baby went to the fair. You remember the fair? So he come back, he laying in the bed, he said, Mama, I, I just don't feel good. I said, baby, it's okay. My discerning of spirits was off. My mother mode was more on because I felt sorry for my baby. I said, come in, let me see if you got a fever. He said, Mama, I just feel so bad. I, 
You know, I was, I said, baby, don't rise to do you like that. That's why mama don't get on them. My husband come in there. He said, the boy is drunk, Amanda. I said, what? I said, my baby ain't drunk. I ain't got on the ride now. He said, he's drunk. So then, he, he go again with his drunkenness. Thank God that deliverance is available, y'all. Growing up as a teenager, I'm helping somebody in this place. I still love my son. And he was a preacher's son. But I still loved him no matter what he did because God loved me. You got to love him, but you got to let them know, not up in here. So another night he had a drunkenness. Quisha was dating Quisha made in. My husband pulled up and Quisha's sister been scared of my husband ever since. My husband hit that boy so hard, he didn't recognize he was slapped. So he called daddy. And daddy said, just don't say nothing, Jeremy, because you don't want him to hit you. He said, granddaddy, you already did. Got back to the house. Jeremy walking. My husband behind him, man, balled up them lips. Took this hand back. I said, move, Jeremy. (laughs) I was helping him. What am I saying? We all fall short, but God still love us in falling short. And what am I saying? You can love a person so much, you don't hear the spirit of the Lord when he's speaking. I was trying to safeguard him so much from my husband tearing him up. That I wasn't hearing God. I was just worried about, oh, he's going to beat him down. He's going to beat him down. But that's when I had to get in here more. I had to tighten up that belt. And no, a liar, when I saw a liar, and that spirit of lying was all over my son. It lied so much it would look you in the face just as humble and lie. Later on, after my son had a daughter that was in ICU, that they didn't know what the outcome was going to be. It was a total turnaround. He was doing like his daddy did with them, doing like his mama done. He was just all in. And that boy followed me everywhere. Y'all, I couldn't get rid of the boy. I couldn't get rid of the baby. Everywhere we went, where y'all going? Me and y'all are going with y'all dad. But the moral of the story is he grew up. And then he began to talk to me and tell me, Mama, some of the things you said, I knew that was true, but I wasn't going to let you know that was true. <laughs> so what am I saying? You better let that discerning of spirit kick in. And how it kicks in is through the word of God and nobody will be able to lie to you. Another incident. Jeremy had a cut on his forehead. I said, Jeremy, how you get that cut on your forehead? Mom, I'm lifting them big TVs at Walmart. One fell and cut me on the head. I said, "Mm mm-hmm, lying. (laughs) Yes, it is, Mama. One fell and cut me on my head. I said, okay. I said, well, did you get it checked out, Jeremy? He said, yeah, Mama. I went to the emergency room. Let me tell you what mama did because I knew it was lying. Hello? You got a bill for Jeremy Bryant. Yes, ma'am. And uh, what insurance did he use? Take that off. He self-pay. How long did it take you to pay that bill, baby? I whoop him into action. 
You lie to me. You're going to pay. I love you. But when we go do things outside of the will of God, God let us go through it. But he's there with us. I let him go through it, but I was there with him. Yeah, he got it because he was in a fight. Went to where the boy was to beat him down. Asking for trouble. Could have got killed. So when the boy cut him and he saw blood, he said, oh, you through now. Why am I saying this? There's something in this room that God has given this testimony for a reason. See, we love our children. And we don't want them to go through. But sometimes they have to go through to get where God is carrying them. You have to leave them to themselves and say, God, they belong to you before they belong to me. So God, I'm going to, this is this belt, y'all. God had to tighten up my belt. And that's what made Jeremy, between me and my husband, that's what made him the man whom he is. His work ethics. Working, if Jeremy ain't made enough money on his job, Jeremy's out cutting grass without somebody telling him. Jeremy's taking care of his family without somebody telling him. Jeremy is getting what he needs for his family without us telling him. Why? Because of how he was raised and knowing what we're not going to do. Give you another example. God is using this for a reason to let y'all know. We got to tighten up the belt, put on the breastplate, so when things happen, we know how to dish out what we have. When I did dish out for my baby, my jolly green giant, Income tax time, who got the check? Who got it, Jeremy? I got the whole check. Did I give it back to you, baby? That was my money. Whatever I gave, and guess what? He offered it. When I get my income tax, mama, I'm going to give it back. I didn't have to tell him. Why did that happen? Because I stood on the word and not on how I felt. He's an example. He's going to be an example for many that's growing up to let them know that ain't the way. And he has been that example. And people have cut him off because he have talked to them about things that they shouldn't be doing. How caring he is in those areas now. Do he still have stuff he has to overcome? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. You got to tighten up that belt. And, and Miss Quisha May over there, we named her the May in the middle. Miss Quisha May, when she got pregnant with her first, God is doing something. I'm telling y'all. When she got pregnant with Yana at a young age, I looked at Quisha May and said, you ain't quitting school. You're going to go to school. You're going to graduate. And then you're going to college. My husband say, I get tired of you. Always on Quisha. I say, I'm going to stay on Quisha. Because she need me to stay on her to get where she need to be. Quisha graduated. Quisha went to college. And you're getting ready to graduate again. Amen. Quisha didn't, I know Quisha didn't like me at times. She hate to see me coming. I knew that Quisha. She hate to hear my mouth. She's going to hide from me. But I ain't going to shut it down until I finish the assignment. Because I hate to see young people around here that could do better. They just need some of us in this room to tell them you can make it. Oh, that's the next part of the sermon. 
We talked about the breastplate. We got to have it on. We got to know that it's not because of us, it's because of him that I'm worthy, that I'm holy, that I have been justified. So when I go on that battlefield and the devil tell me, you're not worthy, you say, you know what, you're right, I am not, but because of him, that's who I am. You got to know how to answer the enemy at all times. The next thing is the gospel, the shoes of peace. This gospel we supposed to go out, y'all, and decree and declare the good news of the kingdom of God, which comes through Jesus Christ, which brings salvation. Jesus came out and he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom. What was the good news of the kingdom? The good news is what God has done on our behalf through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Y'all, come on now. Jesus talked about, he said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Have a change of mind. Have a change of heart so you can come into this kingdom. But the only way you can come is I got to preach it to you. I got to tell you about the kingdom. I got to manifest the kingdom. I'm here to bring the kingdom. And guess what Jesus was bringing? He said, I want you to know you got peace with God now. See, God was an enemy to us. Because God didn't want to pour his wrath out on us. But as long as sin separated us from God, then we were enemies to God. So Jesus said, I'm coming to reconcile you back to your father. So this is what Jesus did through his death, burial, and resurrection. Through Jesus dying for our sins. It wasn't Jesus who sinned. It was us. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So Jesus was bringing us some peace. The gospel is what brings peace, y'all. See, when you begin a theater to decree and declare what God has done, it don't matter what you're doing. It matters what he's already done on your behalf. Let me tell you what he done. He healed you. He saved you. He rescued you. He prospered you. God has done it all for you. That's what salvation means. There is no other name up under heaven where you can be saved except by the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus came to heal and save those that was lost. He said, those that are not sick don't need a physician. I come from for the ones that are sick. Y'all, so we have to preach this good news. And the Bible say, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach what? Good news. The gospel. And that gospel is about God's kingdom. We're letting people know you don't have to be like you are. Because Jesus made the way for you. You are the righteousness of God. See, there go that righteousness again. You telling them, don't that bring people peace. When they say, I done stole, I done lied, I done done this, I done done that. You can say, by grace you're saved. Through faith and not of yourself. It is the gift of God that you're standing here today. Because the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. He came to seek and save those that are lost. Come on, when you tell them that good news, guess what? They're going to brighten up and say, you telling me I don't have to do this to get this? No, he's already done it for you. You just need to accept what he's done. He paid for your sins. He demonstrated His love for you, and yet, while you still a sinner, Christ already died for you. That's love. 
His love is unconditional. It don't matter how this one feel about you or how that one. He loves you. God is love. He said he'll never ever leave you nor shall he forsake you. So I want to tell y'all today, quit looking at the person and look to Jesus and you will look to that person in a different way. Quit going on what people saying about people. Begin to pray for that person. Begin to say, God, open their eyes. Put people in their path to allow them to see what you have done. See, when we catch somebody in an act, y'all remember they caught that woman in an act, and these men, now check this out. Them men gonna bring that woman to Jesus, and all of them probably had her. Every last one of them probably had her. But they're going to bring her to Jesus for her to get condemned. And you already know what you done done. Y'all know what get me with men. They've been all over the place, dipping in a tripping and then get caught up and they dip it in a tripping and act like they ain't done nothing and want to blame some other man. You've been there too. Some of you can't even go in public because if you see somebody you've been with, you, you, you act like you're having a seizure. Because you're scared your wife's going to slap you into never, never land. <laughs> well, honey, you all right? Mm-hmm. So, they brought that woman to Jesus. They wanted her to be stoned. You know why they wanted her to be stoned? Because if she died, she wouldn't tell it. <laughs> That's what, let's, let's get her killed. Then it won't go back to my house. <laughs> Ain't that how it happened? Well, she dead. That, that go to the grave with her. No, it don't because she done told everybody. And then you got one that looked like you. Ooh-ooh. Anyway, so they brought her to Jesus for, for her to be stoned. But guess what happened? Jesus said, he, Jesus, wouldn't he look up to that foolishness? Sometimes you can't even look up to foolishness. Jesus is writing. He who have not, say it again, say it again, let him, y'all do your hands like this, because y'all got some stones in your hands right now. Some of you trying to stone your husband, trying to stone your wife, trying to stone your friends, trying to stone your co-workers, trying to stone your kids, trying to stone your pets, your dog, y'all trying to stone everybody, release them stones today. Because every one of us in this building have done something we should not have done. We have said something that we should not have said. But our problem is we look in so much at other people, we don't even see our fault. All of us in here, we're worthy because of Jesus, not because of us. Just because you missed this don't mean you missed that. If you break one, you broke them all. Just because they're a liar and you don't give, you, you just a liar too. So we need to take our mouths off of one another. And what we need to do is realize who we are with this breastplate on of righteousness. And guess what? We can walk in peace. Come on, Athea. Y'all, this is just too good. Because the more I get into this, I don't even want to leave it. That's why y'all get more and more and more because God be dealing with me and this word and he let me know come on now you got to stay in this word y'all as a pastor as teachers as leaders this word right here 
is what's going to keep you and keep other one, others that's following you. You got to be the example. You got to be the one that's following Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. How do you know I'm following Christ? Because you know the word. You know what the word is saying. So we, we have to have on these shoes of peace. And let me tell you about these shoes of peace that the soldier have on. These shoes of peace under the bottom of it, they had grips. They had like spikes. And these spikes that was in these shoes, when they were in battle, they had a firm grip. That means that they could not move. They could not shift. Y'all better catch hold of this. So what happens is they can't shift. But then these shoes, they come all the way up here. And they have metal around the legs. Why? Because they knew, even though I'm walking and I have these spikes, see, the soldiers would leave stuff in their path so it would stick in their feet. And if it would stick in their feet, it would injure them and it would help them to kill them even the more. So then they would put these um, metal things all the way up to their legs here. And what happens if the soldier came up to them and tried to break their legs, they couldn't do it. So see, they had to have a firm footing they had to have a firm foundation where am I going with peace the bible tells me that Jesus is our peace so if I got on the belt of truth come on I got some peace with me because I'm studying to show myself approved a workman that needs not to be ashamed so I'm getting to know that I am the righteousness of God I have on my breastplate of righteousness but then I'm going into the battle and I'm speaking the gospel so that gospel is bringing peace to the people and it's bringing peace to me because I know what was done not only for them but for me but then when the storms of life come I need such a firm footing I need such a grip that when things come and try to hit me I cannot be moved why that's why Jesus said peace be still y'all don't get it peace is going to keep you in this battle no matter what the circumstance is no matter what people say you're going to know no weapon formed against me shall prosper even though I'm in the storm, I have some peace in the storm and I don't have to move because of this storm because he is peace and he has given me his peace. He said, my peace I give unto you, my peace I leave unto you, not as the world giveth unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That means things are going to come at us, y'all. But the peace that we have, he is Jehovah Shalom. That's wholeness in every area. So no matter what area it is, maybe it's physical, maybe it's financially, emotionally, mentally, whatever area it is, you know that you have peace in that area and you're not going to be moved. When our daughter had to go through that open heart surgery and me and my husband had to wait it out and the woman said, believe it or not, the worst part of it is the call. You don't know what's going to be said when we make that call. But if you don't hear from us, you know it's good. But guess what, y'all? I had Jehovah, Jehovah Shalom. He had Jehovah Shalom. I said, we're going to the deck because I need to get my praise on. Because he said he would keep me in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on him. Guess why I had to come out the hospital? Because every time you turn around, you hearing 
cold blue or something going off. I couldn't keep my mind on what they were saying. I had to get out of the hospital. I had to get in the car and I had to stay focused on what God was saying to me. And as I began to speak in tongues, I was building myself up in my my most holy faith. And then God began to interpret them tongues. And he said, speak this, speak this, speak this. And as I began to speak it and I heard him say, area is fine. Next thing I know, I say, okay, we're going to go back in the building. Going back in the building, my husband get the call. And let me tell y'all something. The doctor was like a pause. She did fine. Like he was amazed. We didn't have to hook her up to none of that medication. She didn't have to be, um, we could take the tube out. She don't even need the tube. But see, God already said that. But the thing is, with it, the devil come in and terrorize you. He'll try to put all kind of thoughts in your head. But I had to cast them down as they were coming. I was casting them down. I was still giving God glory. But I remember after the surgery, Aria later on, about three or four weeks later, she went in her chart. And Aria was reading her chart. And she said, Mama, she said, do you know they told me that, you know, they cut your heart off, right? She said, my heart was cut off for this length of time. I'm like, what? Because see, my mind wasn't on that. My mind was on life. But they put in the chart everything that went on. She said, they didn't tell me that they were going to have my heart cut off for this length of time. But they did. She go back and read it. I said, honey, it don't matter what they say. It's what God already done. So this is what I'm telling you. Those shoes of peace is not only for you. But see, if I got peace in areas that I didn't think I could handle, I'm telling you what you got to do to have that peace when things hit your house. Because we don't know what's going to hit us, y'all. That's why, come on, you got to be, this is the belt. You got to be prepared before it comes. You can't wait till it comes and then try to open up your Bible. Some of y'all are laying there watching TV 24-7, as much as you can. You're sleeping all you can. You're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing the other all you can. But how much of the word are you putting in? The more words you put in, the more demons are going to be after you. The more the enemy is going to bring you down in the weakest area of your life. He know your weakness, so you got to cover those weak areas. Whatever your weakness is, get into the word of God. Cover it with the word of God. It's time out for looking pretty. It's time out for see me, hear me, be attached to me. Get attached to this word. And you can walk with the shoes of peace on. You cannot put those shoes on until you got a firm grip. That's in here. So whatever come, it won't move you. You'll be shaken, but you won't be moved. So when Paul seen those soldiers, Paul recognized, okay, God, this is what you're saying. The gospel of peace. We got to bring the gospel of peace to others when they're going through. We got to tell them about Jesus who is peace. But then in our situation, I like this scripture, y'all. God showed me this scripture dealing with peace. 
Go with me to Isaiah 54. And this is what it's saying. Isaiah 54, 9 and 10. For this is like the waters of Noah to me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah would no longer cover the earth, so have I sworn that I will not be angry with you, nor rebuke you. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed. Y'all hear this. The mountains shall depart, the hills shall be removed. But my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has mercy on you. God's peace will never be removed. The mountains and everything will be removed. But God's peace will always be with us. Shalom will always be with us. And the way you grab hold to that peace that you already have is staying grounded in this word, knowing what the word says opposite to what you see. And if you don't get grounded in here, you're not going to have peace. This is why Jesus always came in peace. He came in peace. Remember when Jairus' daughter died. He said, fear not, only believe. Come on, fear comes. It comes to shake us. It comes to torment us. But when we know what God says, we can have peace in the midst of it. This is why he said, be anxious for nothing. But through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request made known unto God. Then the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Peace want to guard you. And I love this one, y'all. That was Philippians 4, 6 through 7. But I love this one. Colossians three fifteen, And let the peace of God rule in your heart. Let the peace of God control your heart. Let the peace of God direct your heart. So no matter what comes, you are in peace because you know him as peace. He is the prince of peace. So you can have a firm grip, a solid foundation. You will be shaken, but you won't move off of what you believe. And I learned this. The more you talk about a problem, the more you're about the problem. The more you trust God and know that the problem has already been taken care of, you can rejoice in the midst of the problem. So I'm telling you, we have to rejoice. We have to give God glory. When we trust him, and when we was going through me and my husband, my husband is such a trooper because he stayed in the hospital with Ari at night, and I stayed in the apartment. And my husband know me. I work better alone. I have to be before my father and I know he has to, but I I have to get in that place alone. I told my daughter, I said, them people at that apartment complex, child, they they probably say it was a moving and a shaking going on over here because I was with my hands up, giving God glory, speaking in tongue. But then one morning the enemy came at me so hard to shaking me. It was just like, I'm not going back. I'm not going back. This is what I was hearing. I'm not going back to the hospital. I'm just going to stay here. I'm going to ride it out. And God said, no. God said, when you trust me, you go knowing that I am with you, not going on how you feel. He said, go. And I got in that car, y'all, and I was riding down the road, giving God glory, giving him honor, giving him praise. And it was so much peace. That was around me, even when I got on the road and 
head on traffic coming at me because I turned down one way. And I was so much at peace, but the traffic was still coming. And I was still. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, you're going to get an opening. Watch for the opening. Sure enough, there was an opening. Y'all, I don't look at the um, GPS. I don't like them. I'll be going, because they fool you sometimes. They be saying, turn right, but you turn around a curve or something sometimes. And I'll be like, oh, anyway, guess what, y'all? I said, Holy Spirit, help me with this GPS. You know I don't know how to work this stuff. I don't even know where I'm at. Holy Spirit, I know you're with me. Help me. This is no, y'all, the Holy Spirit, I looked at that thing. Couldn't get it to talk. My husband and my daughter had to tell me, now, Mama, this is what you do. Now, if I had to call this man out of love, how did you get down a one way? Don't you know how, how did that? I ain't want to hear it. I ain't calling. I come walked in the hospital so proud. <laughs> so proud. And after everything was over, I said, y'all know I turned down a one way. <laughs> but God was my rear guard, y'all. God will be there. In spite of, God will do what need to be done in spite of if you would just trust him. And y'all, my communication was limitless, meaning it was just me and God. Sometime it just have to be you and God and only share with those that God wants you to share with. You can't share everything with everybody because everybody ain't wearing that belt like they need to. Everybody ain't got that breastplate on like they need to. So we have to be careful. We have to be careful what we say, how we say it, because so many people are indoctrinated with what man say about the situation instead of what God has already said. So I'm telling you, belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, and your shoes of peace. Your shoes of peace is covering this and this, but guess what? We ain't even got to the rest. You got to have peace. And peace is where you have that grip on whatever storm comes in your life. You're at peace because the God of peace, the Prince of peace, he is with you. Because he said, I'll never, ever leave you, nor shall I forsake you. Because guess what? He's God. Amen. So let's make sure we keep this armor on. Y'all, this is no game. This is nothing to be played with. You got to know how to answer. And you want to answer according to the word of God, not according to how you feel. Do you know everything is already written about every one of us in this room? It cannot be changed. Your whole life has been written already. That's why you have to get up and prepare yourself. That Those shoes prepare you. They're getting you ready. The shoes prepare you for this battle. So you want to make sure you have on those shoes. Quit trying to write somebody else's life. Quit trying to say this is how somebody else's life should be. No, it's already written. So you want to come into alignment with what's already written because God already know what they're going to do. He already knows. So you need to go to him and say, God, I don't know how to pray. You tell me what to say and how to say it. That's what I'm going to proclaim. I'm not going to do anything outside of you or outside of what you have already done. Get up before him and seek him while he can be found. And some of us got stuff that's hidden. And I got something to tell you guys. 
it's going to be exposed. And I'm going to say this that was said a long time ago. If you don't get it right with God in those areas, you will be exposed openly. Meaning if you're doing something undercover that you think nobody see, it ain't about what I see or nobody sees. It's about what God has already seen. He's not going to allow anybody, including me, that's teaching his people to do things outside of his will and telling y'all this stuff and I'm living a lie. God don't work like that. I cannot teach y'all something that I'm living a lie at home. I can't stand up here and teach y'all truth. And my husband is saying, I don't want to hear that mess. No, I have to live truth. And the Holy Spirit helps me. But it's going to be some exposing time, y'all. Because my God is faithful. Things are coming up that you thought that would never come up. But God has given you the opportunity to get before him and deal with it through the word. God knows your heart. It is coming out of the woodwork. Do not run out of this church or try to pull somebody out of this church and say, we got to get out of here because it's getting ready to happen. Let's go somewhere else. Because no matter where you go, it's going to be exposed. You cannot run from it. Deal with it now. Before it deals with you. Y'all, everything is coming out now. Pastors. Sleeping with other pastors. Things are coming out the woodwork. People that you think that was ain't. God told y'all this a long time ago. People are going to be exposed and do not let it be a shock to you. You might be following some of them. That's why you better have on the belt of truth everything that you see ain't the bible reveals what is get out of yourself and get more into who you are in him and god's gonna show you some stuff that you will not be surprised because you have been told y'all gonna find out even within this church some haters that don't like me It ain't going to be a shock either. Because God already let me know. But I love you. For real. Everything's coming out now. It ain't no surprise. Because God don't let nothing get past you. Amen. Anyhow. We give God all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise for what he has already done. To God be the glory. Do we have any announcements at this time? Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the donation tab. God bless you, and we will see you next week.